0: But Lou yeah. Dort. Uh, he was unbelievable tonight. Going, uh, He usually, or he typically takes the best player on the other team. He spent a lot of time tonight guarding Donovan Mitchell. He's a little bit undersized, and maybe that's the reason he wasn't drafted. He, he's not the best shooter in the world, but, man, can he play some defense.
1: Yeah, I first found out about him when Utah State was playing Last year yeah. in Vegas, and I know Utah State's play-by-play guy pretty well, <laughs> and he texted me, that would be Scott Gerard. he texted me about Dort, And when you look at him, he is definitely undersized, but what he makes up for it is that body. Uh, He played as a freshman. He's out of Canada, if I remember correctly, and he's got a body that just allows him to be physical, a lot more physical than most people at his size for sure. So, yes, he was an undrafted free agent, man. Jazz had three second-round picks. Obviously, they didn't take a dort on any of them, and nobody did for that matter, and... By, uh, what was it, before the All-Star break, he was starting because I went down and uh, was in Phoenix for the Waste Management Open, went to the Suns game, and they were playing uh, Oklahoma City, and that's uh, a couple weeks before the All-Star break, and he was in the starting lineup at that point, and that team really took off. I don't know that he was the sole factor, but... You know, he doesn't really look for a shot. He took a few shots today. He ended up two of eight. But I think he took the shots knowing that, well, if they don't score in this possession, it's no big deal because of the fact that they had a 20-point lead almost virtually the whole game, right? So his physicality is what's getting get got him in the league as an undrafted free agent. And it looks like it's going to keep him in the league for a while.
0: Yeah, Locke uh, Locke went over the um, uh, the the record with him in the starting lineup, and yes. they are a much much better team uh, with him starting. And and yes. you know what? Uh, it, he plays kind of a role that that Royce O'Neal plays for the Jazz a little bit. Where hey, you go. Uh, expend some effort on defense. Uh, take the other team's best guy. Do your best, and uh, don't worry about the offense so much. And he's he's perfect fit uh, perfect fit for them. He's a, a true success story. I love I love seeing undrafted players in the NBA make good. There's there's a bunch of them on the Jazz right now. The Jazz have, especially under Dennis Lindsey, have always had one or two on the roster, and uh, guys that even get big contracts el- elsewhere. I look at somebody like Damari Carroll, but, you know, George Niang, Royce O'Neal, uh, and then you go, obviously, further down the bench with, uh, you know, Brantley and, and the like, and, you know, they've they've had some success with those guys. But I, I love those stories, guys that uh, find a role, you know, uh, find a way to help a team, swallow some ego a little bit and play their way into the league. It's, it's a great story.
1: Yeah, coming out as a freshman, that's a risk, and then getting undrafted. Actually, Sonneville's had two guys. Who, well, one was a senior, so he obviously his eligibility would have been done. Uh, cheat him down there for New Orleans, and uh, he went undrafted, but he made the team. Dort has a more prominent role, on, and you got to include Joe Ingles. I mean, the Jazz actually start right now yeah. two two of five guys that are not were not drafted. Uh, that that's unusual. <laughs> you wonder how they're having success with that when usually it's the top picks. Uh, So maybe maybe a little bit, obviously not today, but overall, maybe they're overachieving a bit.
0: By the way, speaking of Joe Ingalls, you know, in some of these games, when they're a little bit of a blowout, I'm sure David could tell you there's uh, you have to kind of find some material for the for the broadcast. And the Joe Ingalls show this Thursday got a lot of love on the broadcast uh, uh, today. Locke brought it up a bunch. I'll I'll tell you what, PK, I got to give you and and David a lot of credit for uh, for that conversation each and every week, because it's always, always informative And this last week in particular was really good.
1: Well, obviously, we've fostered a relationship with Joe. He's the longest-running guest probably in the history of sports radio here in Salt Lake City. And certainly, as a professional, an active professional, because we've had a few, and they tend to peter out. But he has been there for six years since midway through his rookie season when I got to know him a little bit through a couple of occasions and asked him if he wanted to do it. And absolutely, he's been sensational. And this week... You know, I knew he probably wasn't going to come on. He doesn't come on game day, and that was Thursday. I knew he wouldn't want to come on Wednesday because he didn't want to talk about what the players were supposed to be doing as far as the social activism. And he waited until Friday, and we didn't think we were going to get him. But at 945, 15 minutes left in our show, he texts Jake Hatch, our producer, and says, I'm available now because their schedule changes every day that they're down there. And so he's not really sure. But he follows his commitment. You really gotta give him credit for staying true to his commitment. He said he would do it, he would do it. And you know, and we have a relationship with him so we can talk to him freely and I can ask him a question like I did, you know, why did he choose to kneel as particularly as a foreign player, because I think that would be a little unusual as a foreign player coming to another country. And he talked about and I encourage people to go look at listen to it, because if you're trying to get why joe ingles did what he did if you listen to it it really makes sense because he talks about being in the room and rooms with african-american guys and they're telling him stuff and that's something that i brought up in my show with dj is that i've got probably four or five friends that i have known for 25 to 30 years who are african-american and they tell me stuff about being followed uh, and, and one is, I have, I, I give you an interesting little story. I have one, works in this community. He lives in Salt Lake City, and in and, and West Jordan, but anyway, you get the point. And he is been in this community since like 1980, and he is a prominent professional in this community. And he tells me, and, and it re- requires him to wear a suit to work. And he says he gets so much respect when he wears that suit, but when he's not uh, in that suit... He said he he just feels eyes on him when he goes places, not in a positive way. And when you know someone and you've been, you know, in the foxhole, as they say, with someone many times over as this man that I have, and he tells me these things, well, he's not lying. I believe them. And that's what Joe Ingles was talking about, about how he needs to support his friends. Now, they are also his teammates, but I think you take it a step above teammates and you take it friends. I'm not one of these guys my, myself who would kneel during the National Anthem. That's not what I would do. It's not who I am. But when I listen to Joe as to explain to why he did what he did, you know, to me it makes sense and opens my eyes a little bit. 110-94
0: is your final. The Thunder beat the Jazz this afternoon in Orlando. I want to remind you to go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coming up on the other side, we'll let you hear from Mike Conley, his comments in the post game from Orlando straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night game show. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan, the Thunder beat the Jazz tonight, 110-94. to 94. We'll get you back to Orlando to hear from Mike Conley coming up here momentarily. But let's check out your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit cerdapro.com That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life. Tonight, the Jazz outscored in the paint. 50-46, to 46, and I, I anticipated the Jazz being outscored in the paint. I actually thought it would be more PK. Just felt like uh, Oklahoma City and Steven Adams' physicality was keeping the, the Jazz from getting easy buckets.
1: Well, it seemed like it was more. I don't know if there's such a thing as important points in the paint versus non-important. Maybe that was uh, a skewing the numbers a little bit. Although I have to say, Jake, in Orlando, there is no paint. It's paintless. Have you noticed that?
0: I had not until you just mentioned it. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. so are you are you saying the good folks at at CERTA, we should we should rethink the name of that feature?
1: No, because <laughs> most of them have it. But it's interesting the courts in Atlanta or in Atlanta, Orlando don't have the paint. It's just the hardwood. and most courts do have that. Hence the points in the paint. And in the paint, we hear that phrase many, many times. I, I thought it was just interesting now the the two games that the jazz have played they don't have paint now when you're getting beat by 20 most of the game you're trying to notice other stuff and for whatever reason i did notice that and i thought that was unusual
0: i'll tell you one thing i noticed about the floor the what? digital ads on there uh u of u health and uh, i think vivant is the other one Yes, not yes. distracting at all. It actually looks oh, no, no, just no. fine. Yeah, I I'm, I'm pretty impressed with how they've done that. It's not Do you remember the um, the old uh, ad that the the old Mountain Network used to put on the line of scrimmage? It was like the 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 I think there was like a almost a, a flag. I mean, it was just unbelievably distracting it overlaid over the game and was like this is ridiculous. That that is subtle and I would uh, wouldn't if I didn't know it wasn't there you couldn't tell
1: well jake i have gone through years of counseling to get the mountain network out of my mind sorry so I sorry bring that back up, bringing that back up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get things back to orlando mike conley is addressing the media
2: our first question will go to Kristen kenny jazz tv hey mike so uh this definitely was not jazz ball tonight and coach said it isn't just about missing shots for you guys for you what was it about tonight that was different from the previous? Uh, I think really um, you can could, you could sense the tens- intensity that they played with and came out with from the first quarter and on. Um, the pressure they were applying defensively. Yeah, uh, my- we were not ap- applying the same kind of force and the pressure, you know, back towards them. We weren't driving and kicking, making plays for each other. Um, ball got a little bit stagnant once we, you know, we started pressing them for shots, um, you know, kind of stuck in, stuck in our hands and, and we don't play that way and um, we got to be much more much more prepared uh, mentally uh, than we were in a, for, for a physical night like we had tonight thank you uh, do we have any more questions for Mike uh, one more from Kristen I'll go ahead with another one um, this is kind of a look ahead once I don't know when I'll get you back on the zoom but um, you know the Lakers a team eyeing for that trophy. Uh, definitely a tough matchup. What are your thoughts? I know it's hard to just move forward like this, but any thoughts on approaching that matchup? Well, I think we'll approach it like we approach any, any game. I mean, really all these games mean something. They're all uh, preparation for what's to come. Uh, we know what the Lakers bring. We know they're, you know, talented. We know who, who's on that roster and what kind of year they're having. So um, for us, it's just continue to try to prepare uh, like we would do every night, but, um, you know, more of an emphasis on, on establishing our brand of basketball and not worrying so much about, uh, you know, how we're going to defend or stop somebody else, but more so, you know, us coming out with a, a better mindset, you know, defensively and uh, more aggressive, more aggression and, and, you know, just more competing uh, from top to bottom. Ryan McDonald, Deseret News. Mike, how weird is it with having so many usually with when you only have six games left in the season you're you're in your groove and and you're really it's kind of the heat of the
0: playoffs but just with everything that's happened you guys are so almost trying to reinvent yourselves right in in some ways How, how weird is that right now being so close to the end of the regular season but still trying to kind of figure out
2: what you're doing in a lot of ways it's definitely, it's definitely different. I think everything about being here is, is a little different for everybody. But um, the thing is, is that it's just that everybody's got to go through it. Everybody's going through the same thing and um, and whoever adjusts the quickest, whoever's able to uh, get into the rhythm the quickest uh, will have an edge on, on the rest of the league. So uh, for us, it's, you know, these games all mean something. We all have to come out and, and play that way from start to finish. and. Um, and and try to get that, you know, that feeling back as you would, you know, in the normal season where you're approaching the playoffs and and trying to continue that, um, you know, that momentum going into, you know, the, the, the biggest part of the season. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Mike. So Donovan just mentioned that Oklahoma City's physicality out on the perimeter really took you guys out of a lot of stuff. Quinn mentioned before that that it seemed like the quick decision making was not there. In in your view, what was the what was the problem in trying to attack what they were uh, throwing at you defensively tonight? Yeah, I, I think uh, Coach, you know, hit hit the nail on the head with you know us not making quicker decisions. I think that you know when they're playing playing against a physical team like that, who's who's overly aggressive, you have to be able to make quick uh, quick decisions and. That means when the ball's in your hands, as soon as you take two dribbles, get off of it, you know, make a play for somebody else, allow them to drive uh, their man and to start <clears throat> start the blender up. So um, I think that we just, we kind of sat on the ball too long a couple of times during possessions and you know, when we weren't able to get anything offensively, it kind of trickled to our defensive end and uh, kind of took, took the air from under us. Mike, one last question or, back, back, or Eric, do you have one more? Yeah, I do. Uh, Mike, I know that you maybe don't want to talk about this just given how the game went, but just given that the Thunder were the team that you were supposed to play back on on March 11, did facing them today provide any kind of closure at all, uh, given given everything that's happened over the intervening months? Uh, You know, honestly, I don't think too many guys were thinking about it. I think it was just us thinking about the Thunder, you know, competing and trying to get a win uh, in a big game. So, um, you know, unfortunately we didn't do that tonight. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's good to move on from, from what happened, you know, three, four months ago um, and get that game out the way.
0: All right, there you go. That was uh, Jazz guard Mike Conley. And PK was three of nine this afternoon. He had 12 points to go along with four assists and two rebounds. And, uh, you know, like the rest of the team did not play particularly well today.
1: Oh, no, not at all. It was not much of a factor, but that puts him in common with everyone who yeah. wore a jazz uniform today.
0: All right, let's get to your assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships is donated $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. This afternoon, PK the Jazz only with 17 assists. They were led by Donovan Joe Ingles and Mike Conley with uh, four assists apiece, and uh, yeah, the I, I don't think the Jazz. Well, let me put it this way: the Jazz assist numbers are not normally high PK, but they're usually higher than seventeen.
1: Yes, and somebody usually has more than four as right. a leader.
0: What do you think? What do you think about Joe's game tonight? He's or today. He's the one who leads the team in assists. Uh, I thought he got off to a good start. He wasn't in foul trouble in this game like he was in in game number one, but still felt like uh, he did not have a huge impact out there.
1: No, he didn't. But nobody really did. Uh, I don't think that he was trying to assert himself and. And he's a smart guy knowing that, uh, boy, if you get down that much, you're probably not going to come back. He's not going to lead the comeback more often than not. He's going to be a part of the comeback, and sometimes he's a significant part of the comeback. But he's not going to be the lead dog in the comeback or in the victory, however they may get it usually. He's probably going to be a facilitator there. And plus, it didn't seem like the ball was in his hands that much to do what he does. Maybe the Thunder had scouted them so well, and maybe he suffers. Maybe he'll suffer the most. I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out without Bogdanovich because he's a facilitator. And Bogdanovich, I would be interested to see how many assists that Joe had with Bogdanovich out on the floor because he can set guys up real well. But it's up to the player to make the shot after they get set up.
0: I'm not breaking any news to you, but he's got to get it going. Speaking of Joe, uh, you know, last uh, in the last year in that playoff series against Houston, I think a big part of the reason it wasn't that competitive of a series was because Joe really struggled, and he he admitted that on on your show, or he's talked he about did. that a number of times on your show, and how uh, they forced him to go right, and he really struggled, Correct. and, and yeah. nobody had really done that to him. So some kind of unique circumstances. So I'm not directly comparing the two situations, but uh, what that did prove to me was Joe has has played. His way into a very important role on this team, and he needs to play well for the team to succeed.
1: More so than ever, with Bogdanovich out. Agreed. Yeah,
0: absolutely. 100%. All right, let's uh, take a look at the Master of the Glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. Back for another great year of basketball, uh, and proud to be the preferred Auto Glass partner of the Utah Jazz. They're also preferred to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house and uh, Rudy Gobert was your leading rebounder today PK with 7 so not an incredibly strong rebounding performance in fact the Jazz uh, were out rebounded by the Thunder 47 to 35 so really getting crunched on boards
1: Ugly numbers all the way around.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Tough afternoon for the Jazz; they fall to the Thunder, one ten to ninety four. We'll get some final thoughts from Patrick Kinahan about this one coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jazz fall to the thunder, 110 to 94. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan with you. PK, let's take a look at the three-point feature. I saved this one for the end of the show because it ain't pretty. Three-point feature (laughs) sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Uh, This afternoon, the Jazz were 8 of 31 from 3 for 25.8%. Uh, the, they were led by Royce O'Neal, who was two for four. Jordan Clarkson was two for five. And uh, the rest of the three-pointers po- uh, were one-offs. Mike Conley, one of four. Joe Ingles, one. Or excuse me, Conley, one of three. Joe Ingles, one of four. George Niang, one of seven. Rough. Mie Oni, 1 of 2. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 0 of 4 from 3 to 9. What did you make of Donovan's game? He obviously didn't play very well. Nobody played well. Is this just an off night, or do you, uh, you think Dort got to him? you think it was uh, Oklahoma City's physicality? What would you make of Donovan? Well, I think
1: when the team starts struggling, I think he feels the weight of the world on his shoulders, and so maybe he might do some stuff that he normally wouldn't do, and it, it adds to the pressure of the situation. Not that he's a going to fold in the pressure. It's just that he's going to take some sh- tough shots because I talked about how Joe isn't going to lead a comeback. Well, usually if there's going to be a comeback, it's going to be led by a guy like Donovan. So I think he feels that way to the world and causes him to maybe do some things that take him out of his game a little bit. But he's a proven commodity, and you don't get to average 24, 25 points a game by stinking a whole lot of times. <laughs> so it's probably not going to happen. So the three-point shooting is mystifying because that's two games in a row And I believe they've got a collection of good shooters, proven commodities there too. So I suspect it's going to get better. I mean, it has to get better.
0: Yeah, I would think so. I mean, they they led the NBA in in three point percentage for most of the season. I mean, they, <laughs> Bogdanovich is a great shooter, but that wasn't all him. So I I certainly am with you with uh, on that. You know, Donovan, this that that is maybe the next step for him. PK, um, and I don't don't get me wrong. I'm not overreacting to one performance here for Donovan, but you know, it's the responsibility of being a number one, being the number one offense yeah. uh, offensive option on an NBA franchise. You're going to get the other team's best shot. Each and every night, and the best players uh, overcome that each and every night. And Donovan does more than he doesn't, but I think that's that's the next big thing for him. When the when the chips are down and nobody else is playing well, and you're uh, getting no help from anybody, and you're playing against the other team's best defender, you still have to go out there and uh, and carry the day and play your game. And uh, again, I, I don't mean to sound too overly overly critical or like I'm I'm reacting to just one game, but when he gets that when when he gets that he'll he'll truly have arrived in in number 1 NBA option superstar status
1: yeah i agree with all that and now he's having to do it and the task is more difficult because the number 2 option isn't there yeah
0: great point great point and, and we talked a lot. I mean, uh, I'm sure on DJ and PK, you guys uh, crunched every storyline over and over and over again, considering we hit pause for five months. But, you know, we talked a lot about who was going to be that number two option uh, down the stretch, maybe not overall for the entire game. But, you know, when it's fourth quarter and a close game, who's going to be that number two guy? And I think it needs to be Mike Conley. Uh, and uh, Mike had 12 points, 3 of 9. He had a much better game one than, than he did a game two in this, in this restart. But, you know, Jordan Clarkson has the ability to score a ton of points, but his role on the team isn't necessarily the number two. He's got more the, the Lou Williams off the bench, you know, score, shoot uh, as many times as you can kind of role. I think, I think Conley's got to be, I think Conley's got to step in and be that option.
1: Oh, right now he does, absolutely. There's no question about it. With As the unit uh, team is presently constituted, Bogdanovich has filled it rather well. But most definitely it's got to be Conley. He's got to be the consistent guy. Or else they're going to have six more games and probably only ten more games. Uh, but yeah, in order to have more than that, he's going to have to be that second guy getting close to 20 points. Because Mitchell, you know, Mitchell right now in his, where he is in his career – I'm not sure he's a 30-point guy game guy not every yet. game. Yeah. Not, I agree. No, not yet. Not yet. I mean, 23 years old. No, not yet. Very few guys doing that at that age. You know, unless you're one of the old timers or you're Shaq and you just bully your way to the hoop. So yes, they need Conley to, well tonight they would need him to double his output and and not to pick on him because you needed everybody to play a whole lot better and really nobody did
0: well and donovan's also not the only player on the team i mean we we see some of those guys that uh, score 30 points uh, a night and it's because well who else do you want shooting the ball and not to to pick on your guy devin booker in phoenix but there's a little bit of that there right (laughs) where he's going to go out there and score 30 because of course he is because you know Ricky Rubio is a fine player, but he's not going to do it. DeAndre Ayton's not uh, not there yet. So, of course, you know, I'm, I'm sure the coaching staff there is saying hoist away, Devin, please, by all means, take as many as you want. You know, Donovan's got to do other things like get his teammates involved, like get Rudy Gobert involved. And there's there's too much talent on this Jazz team as constituted for him to just, you know, take 25 to 30 shots a game. And he gets plenty, don't get me wrong, but that's his role has got to be a little bit broader than that.
1: Life in the NBA, Devin Booker in his fourth season has already made more money than Larry Fitzgerald has made his whole career and Larry Fitzgerald is wow. going to the Hall of Fame. Is that true? That's what I heard.
0: That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Larry Fitzgerald, one of the best receivers of his generation. Like of his generation, top five, top three maybe. Yeah. And Devin Booker's already made well more. more counting cash. the
1: contract that he signed, now he hasn't right, did right, right, right. that But
0: it's guaranteed money. It is. That is that is just wild. Yeah, that is just wild. Tell your kids to play basketball or baseball, kid. Uh, people,
1: too late for me. You're up.
0: <laughs> okay, I I don't know what my daughter's going to get into. Maybe golf. I think that's that's what I'll I'll direct her to. Maybe softball, PK. Maybe she can be a second baseman. Well, She's going to be golf, little though.
1: Golf is a sport you have for life. Oh man, golf is the best.
0: All right, PK. Let's get some final thoughts from you before we put a bow on this one and look forward to the LA Lakers on Monday.
1: Well, as they say in New York, forget about it because this game stunk. Now, to David Locke's point – the players who are replacing Bogdanovich have got to play better because the starters are playing the minutes that they play. So their minutes aren't increasing, and I'm not sure, especially right now. Maybe in the postseason it might be different, and the starters may play some more minutes. Obviously there was no need to extend them with deep minutes tonight because they were getting smoked. But the reserves, and it's got to come from Niang and Moutier, and maybe Tony Bradley, and they haven't. We unless I'm wrong, we haven't seen the combo of Bradley and Gobert on the floor that we saw in the exhibition games. Maybe we'll see that. But I still think it's a, a little bit of a feeling out process for Quinn Snyder because the objective is not to play your best basketball today. Your, the objective is to play it starting in two plus weeks when you get to the postseason.
0: Right, no doubt about it. All right, uh, 110 to 94 is your final. We want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru dealer of the Utah Jazz. You can learn more by going to markmillersubaru.com. Uh, next broadcast will be Monday. The Jazz take on the Lakers in their only, this will be their latest start time in uh, the regular season for the games left at 7 o'clock which just seems crazy. These afternoon games are, are kind of wild. But uh, pregame will be at 6, and, of course, Locke and Boone will have all the action for you. Uh, PK is going to make a little appearance on television coming up tomorrow night on Talking Sports. You want to give us a little preview, PK? You said you're going to be hanging out with Adam. What are you guys going to be going Yeah, I'm over? sure we'll
1: be talking about the Jazz, obviously, and talking about college football with the new schedules out for the Pac-12. I'm excited. Hopefully it, it comes to pass. And what does it all mean for BYU? And then for you ladies, just the fact that I'm going to be on television is good enough.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. That's the direction we're going? Oh, I'm sure you've heard that. I have. I have heard that. PK, (laughs) hey, uh, a pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, there we go. All right. Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan, Jazz Game Night postgame show. The Thunder beat the Jazz 110 to 94. And you heard it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.